Welcome to another exciting edition of Near Mint Comic Radio, your local comic shop shrunk down, gamma radiated, and aired live every week, only on the non-productive network, the only place that would have us. I'm your host, Frank, joined in studio as always by Ken and Pete. Hi, Ken and Pete. Hey. Hi, Frank. On Near Mint, we rank and review comics from best to worst. That's mint, near mint, good, fair, and poor to you newbies. I try to guide you in what to read and what might be better to avoid. This week, we're doing a very special review. We've all read the same book, and that book is... And <laughs> hey, we've been promising this. Yes, wait for it. Snagglepuss. I think More this, specifically, uh, yes. Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles. Yes. So, uh, Pete... I, Frank. Uh, you're, you were the one who first, I think, brought this to Ken and I's attention. Isn't that right, Ken? <laughs> Peter is completely to blame for this. Yeah, oh, which that's is, a better way of phrasing it. Better way of phrasing it. Very yes. strange. Very strange because this is not like my usual fare. No, it's that this I, is no one's usual fare. I don't know why, what possessed me to check it out. I know. I remember now, actually. Uh, right. I read a, a quick turnaround. I read a preview mm-hmm. somewhere that said that this was. A, a new thing in DC's reboots of Hanna-Barbera characters. Yeah, yeah. we should give a little bit of a, a background on what's going on. Uh, we could do this pretty easily. DC rebooted and published a bunch of books about Hanna-Barbera characters. And, and, and we've done this on the show in the past, talking about some of these We've talked about the Flintstones. Some of them are just weird. Yeah, most of them were not just like a funny page books where it's just like literal comic book translations of the Hanna-Barbera car- uh, cartoons you watched as a kid. And just in case you're really in the dark, Hanna-Barbera cartoons involve Flintstones, Jetsons, Huckleberry Hound, Snagglepuss, Yogi Bear, Bear, all those cartoons. None of the Looney Tunes, um, uh, in case you're thinking about that, and uh, none of the Disney characters. If you're, I don't know, if you're not that kind of geek and you've gotten this far in the podcast. Hanna-Barbera is a different, separate its own yes. animation house. And DC relaunched some of these books in new and unusual ways. Yes. And uh, I, I read a preview for it that said that the exit stage left the Snagglepuss Chronicles was casting uh, Snagglepuss in the role of a, how did they put it? I believe it was a effeminate, uh, mm. effeminate Southern playwright during the McCarthy era. All right. And I said, okay, (laughs) this is weird. Yes. I have to check this out. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And they, I, I believe we can all agree without spoiling too much that they delivered on that promise. Oh yes. That is basically uh, a very genteel is the, the words I would choose, not Mm. whatever the thing you read had said. Um, Southern. Heck, I, I feel comfortable at this point saying homosexual. Oh, absolutely. Just, just coming straight out and saying homosexual. He is effectively, in many ways, Tennessee Williams. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, on uh, as a as a as both this Hanna Barbera character Snagglepuss and as this uh, real to life playwright yeah. dealing and, with McCarthy era uh, uh, persecution. And oh. it's it's. Reasonable enough. It, it's weird as hell, mm-hmm. but it's re- also reasonable enough to make you say, "What was he originally inspired by?" Yeah. Tennessee Williams. <laughs> there, uh, we we will when we do this when we get deep into this interview. We're going to go full spoiler. We have to. Oh, absolutely. We absolutely have to. But in the opening part of this, for the benefit of those who um who are still on the fence, let's try to cover what we. Th- who do we think would want to read this book 
Who is this written for? Oh my god, who isn't it? Not kids. <laughs> yeah, probably I'll, not children. I'll be honest, like I've always been a fan of like noir Hollywood type stories, movies. Right. You know, like actually LA Noir. Sure. Incredible yeah. movie. Like mm. where you get to tear back, you know, Hollywood and um media and entertainment in decades past and get to see what the culture and the life was like and this is essentially what i love like this book is actually everything that i love there yeah if you're interested in 40s era 40s 50s era um but cold war era stories this is definitely for you if you're interested in classic hollywood uh, definitely for you. I'm gonna say, as as someone with a theatrical background, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am hugely interested in the uh, the examination of the culture in the New York theater scene and the larger entertainment scene in general in the 1950s. Yep. I'm also a huge fan of history. Yeah, and this book yeah. is just infused with so much history that's real history. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, some of it's just window dressing. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Um, but is it for Hanna-Barbera fans is one of the questions I have. If, if you I go in there know. as a fan of Hanna-Barbera cartoons and say, hey, I remember Snagglepuss and, and, and love the cartoons, I'm going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say a hard no. I feel like it, it depends on what you think Hanna-Barbera is. You know, like, if you're like, yeah, I remember these cartoons. They're kind of interesting. I wouldn't mind seeing them recast in a different way. And I think a lot of Hanna-Barbera fans have to be like that because it's always been that way. Like, it's 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 a house of recycled ideas. I mean, like, you look at, like, Laugh Olympics. It's like, yeah, we got these characters. Let's do stuff with them, right? <laughs> and then later on to the point where, like, modern-day Cartoon Network Adult Swim it's yeah, Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. He'll 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 represent the Jetsons, sure. You know why not? <laughs> so if you're okay with that kind of thing, then yes, you'll. You, I think you might enjoy this. But if you're just like yeah, if you're a fun a fan of the wacky animals, yeah. yeah. That being said, I do think that if you did read that, if you were a big Hanna Barbera fan, you wouldn't necessarily be offended by these characters, or you would at least be able to recognize your characters. Yeah, absolutely. These, these are rec- these characters are written disturbingly are- so. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. without jumping too far forward and, and spoiling stuff, but by the end, we actually have a weird kind of there is a resolution. Yeah, there is a continuity. Yeah. All right, now we're that's it. That's as nice that's, as we could be to you people who did not want to have this spoiled, but sort of yeah. listening to this podcast. If you haven't, re- we're getting into. If you it. haven't read it yet. Stop this podcast right now. Not necessarily. Some people would like to hear us discuss it first to see if they want to read it. Uh, I, that, if that's your reading style, then sure, keep keep listening. Yeah, sure. But um, everybody else, stop stop <laughs> listening now. Hit pause. Read the book. It it's you're gonna shoot through it. Yeah, because it, you're gonna want to just keep reading. It flows really well. Uh, it's like chapters in a book. So and then uh, hit un, unhit pause and and come back. rejoin us. Right. Uh, thank you for explaining how pause works for everyone. <laughs> I do what I can. It's a yes. public service, really. So, th- thanks for joining us back, those of you who followed my advice. So, yeah, this story, uh, I'm, we're not going to do the play-by-play because it's not necessary. No. It, it is effectively the, the, the story of a, um, a southern playwright who made it to New York, is telling these gritty Tennessee Williams-esque stories uh, in on 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 the stage and is constantly running afoul of 
the House on Americans Activities Board. Uh, <laughs> you make it sound like like the the like it's a comedy, like like oh, like, like you the uh, House on American Activities. <laughs> like the HUAC is is Dick Dastardly. Yes. Sh- oh yeah. my God! What if he was one of the senators? That would have yeah. been good. They yeah. should they should have had one of the senators just with the handlebar mustache. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that is the set piece, and it's uh, it goes through. The um the Rosenbergs Ethel and Julius Rosenberg. That's right. Uh, they were uh, killed for uh, for committing treason by releasing secrets about the uh, hydrogen bomb, the Stonewall riots. There's a bunch of uh, the, um the the rise of uh, not Stalinism but the uh, uh, Khrushchev coming and yeah, and, Kru- yeah. Khrushchev and his administration in mm-hmm. Russia. The uh, Oh, in in Cuba. Oh, uh, yeah, the, the revolution. revolution in, yeah, in Cuba exactly. and the, uh, the other one. There's so many little things that are just Easter eggs throughout the story. They are nat- narratively woven into the story itself. They're, these aren't just like name drops. I, honestly, oh, no. they're not even like Forrest Gumpian, like, oh, look, it's something in the background. There's a little bit of that, but it's actually part of the narration. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect for the comic book format because you'll see those... Um, those editorial buttons, those those narrative buttons, where sometimes it's Snagglepuss, sometimes it's Huckleberry Hound speaking and writing very poetically about the tragedies of life and the reasons that they write and the reasons why they create and why we have art. And the paneling shows uh, a bunch of people witnessing the, an execution with joy in their hearts, mm-hmm. or a bunch of people uh, melting because of the atomic bomb test—not people, but mannequins. I felt dirty. After the first issue, when it opens up with the couple, the, the that couple going to dinner, getting and you think they're going to a show, yeah. but they've got tickets to watch the right. Rosenberg yeah. execution. And then yeah. when you get to the end, you see them like I, I felt dirty inside. When that, when oh. that, uh, the cop there is checking their tickets and says, "Well, you missed the first one, but you're just in time for yeah. the second. It's like. Uh, very skeevy. And I'm not 100% sure, but is that the same couple at the end? Yes. That now have a, ch- a child and I, and meet Snagglepuss on the street? Oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. But like, They might as well be. The, it is an indictment and a celebration of the way we consume art and the relationship between art and politics. Mm-hmm. It is a book written for this year, these years, these mm-hmm. last few years. Yeah. Where God, when they when they refer to the uh, the McCarthy hearings as that communist show on yeah. TV. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> Hey, they see Snagglepuss and say, oh, it's that guy from the communist show. So the danger of a a review like this is that, as you could probably already hear, is we're just gushing over the parts that made us think and made us, like, left a a reaction in us. I'll I'll be honest. I was nervous going into, like, I knew that we were going to do this book, but now that I read it, Coming into this, and I'm like, I'm sitting going, how are we going to handle this? Right. So I, I think pretty clearly we were uh, we were shocked in a pleasant way yes. uh, by the story that's told. We talked a little bit about how the art and the um, and the story kind of and the history kind of all meshed together to form a really cohesive storyline through the different chapters or issues of this this now collected, I believe, graphic novel. Yes. Um, but let's talk about a couple of the elements that that come up in the story a lot. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about right off the bat, because it's probably one of the most prevalent and important ones that we, I think the three of us are probably the least equipped to handle, so we might as well just get it out of the way right away, is the way sexuality comes up in this story 
and how it, it using the Stonewall riots and using the McCarthy persecution of undesirables and the role the role subversives have in art how the story of hiding who you are and wearing a mask and not being able to um confront who you are how it gets played out in the various chapters of this book Mm. uh i was shocked to be honest when i first heard the premise of the story i was like okay they're gonna make snagglepuss into tennessee williams all right, not bad. Uh, uh, they're probably going to skirt around the idea that he may be gay because of obviously because it's Tennessee Williams. It'd be hard <laughs> not to do it, but they probably won't address it directly because it's still Hanna Barbera. It's still DC. They're not going to shake hands with the thing right away. Mm-hmm. They absolutely did. Yeah. Very oh. early on, multiple main characters are gay. It is very unusual because some of these these are talking animals in a world with humans as well mm-hmm. but they don't really address it it's, the one interesting way they do address it to take a brief aside is when people are performing and plays in this book uh you'll see cartoon animals playing the ro- and humans playing the role of other kinds of cartoon animals yes with weird stage makeup we actually have the play within a play type deal going on yeah absolutely yeah. but like you'll see a pink puma uh, who is Where, a different character wearing, wearing like the a blue fake, dog. The fake yeah. blue dog muzzle yep. and ears. And that may sound very confusing if you don't know what, you, what, what we're talking about in the context. It's really just a background feature, but it makes it feel like instead of dealing with cartoon animals, you're dealing with like maybe different uh, humans that look different. They, they, they all have different physical yeah. appearances and they're putting on makeup to look like Othello or what have you or whatever mm. it is. They're, they're, they are in costume. And it is weird but it's like there's a nar- it is narratively consistent throughout definitely it's and it was something that threw me off like i wasn't sure how we were to accept you know where animals fit in this world but i didn't care like after yeah. a, a couple pages i didn't care yeah. i i almost saw it as like an artistic thing where the artists were the, the, the main guys in the story where, you know, they express themselves and there are no boundaries. You know, like everyone's accepted where the play and, and where the art's concerned. Oh, yeah, I could see that. No uh, way, yeah. But a lot of the other... Every once in a like while... Everyone was, was accepted where someone was on stage or for, that, for the most part. Yeah, and that the fact that they were all... They all had different faces, right? They had the per, public persona and then their hidden yeah. lives. Uh, and uh, so to go back on the original topic, they've examined the hidden lives of people who had to live closeted at this time of uh, of history in the United States and a little bit briefly in Cuba that we have a little bit of history into that as well. Um, this is beyond my pay grade and experience. I just not, ex- I did not expect it from a comic book, especially not a Hanna-Barbera DC crossover event thing. Yeah. I think they did a fabulous job of addressing it. I hope they did. I hope other people agree yeah. and read that and think that, that this is as powerful as I felt reading it as a straight man reading this going like, oh, I can't, I can't believe, like, this is such an interesting way of bringing up this, this very sensitive topic. Because how topic do you... a lot of people are not comfortable discussing. Yeah. Well, I saw it as another way too. Like, I understood the context of what the era was like and, you know, being closeted was a problem. 
But again, like I think this book celebrated the idea of people being able to celebrate their differences in their own way as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think it did. And I think one of the mm. things that it what's interesting about it is that ultimately, like you look at you read the books in the in in the era you're in, right? Yeah. So, and especially because this book is a recent book, it's last year. So, uh, one of the things you're, you're looking at this, you're like, you're getting a a vision of or a version of the world that we kind of all too quickly forgot like and you'll see this all over the world now on you'll see this certainly on the internet you'll see people saying like oh what is it really that hard to live your life why do you need all the special attention why do you need all the representation in media or what have you and it's like well we we're not that far away from a time when by by legality, you needed to be closeted. And mm. the book deals with it. And I could not believe that. I really thought it was going to be either just skirted around because of the Hanna-Barbera-ness of it or made into a joke because of the this is Hanna-Barbera characters being treated way too seriously. Not Does a fantastic job of it, in my opinion. Uh, so other things that we could talk about that I think we have a little bit more uh, meat on it. Um, the, the way art is described throughout the book, uh, the, the purpose of art. I love this. I love this whole narration. It's, I think, the overarching story here. Uh, one of the other things also was one of the, the things between being a star and being an actor. Yeah, was yeah, a big right? deal, too, which I thought was dealt with incredibly. Right. So it's the battle between television and I guess the silver screen and the legitimate theater. And it's yeah. not just I again could have sworn it was going to be done as a, you know, a gag, which is every other version of the legitimate theater versus TV I've ever heard was like, you know, there are people who think theater is better than movies and yeah. they have chips on their shoulders and that's it. But this is actually there's a reason for it. Yeah, I think the argument presented actually painted a better picture for me after hearing people debate it for years i, I think they did, did a good job of explaining it yeah that's actually pretty true uh snagglepuss or was it huckleberry hound who huckleberry hound in the story is a um is a f childhood friend of snagglepuss right. and a an author mm -hmm. and Mostly also based on william faulkner yep okay i did not know that i didn't yeah see this is stuff that i would not have picked you, up on uh, if you haven't picked up the comic already i highly recommend grabbing the trade paperback because there's actually a historical glossary in the back that will fill you in on some of the historical context for these uh, for for the book. It's not necessary by any means because it's, no. it's not a, like a dry read. But, but it's I'm interesting. Sure it would now be, that you have the option, yeah, and it's at the very back. Yeah. So I didn't even know it was there when I was going back and rereading. Uh -huh. I was like, oh wow, this is half the stuff I just spent twenty minutes researching while <laughs> I was reading the book. That's useful. It's yeah. also useful knowing that it's there when you uh, uh, when you get to it. Uh, yeah. So uh, the the how how stage is uh, three dimensional and and film is two dimensional. Two dimensional like yeah. it's a, it's it's very kitschy. It's like it's lame in a way, but it's like really deeply profound when you think about it. Mm -hmm. uh, a star shows you who you want to be. It was the idea of like. Uh, gods, in a yeah, way, yeah. where like it, it's it, we get to see what we want to be, where an actor the, shows you who we are, yeah. yeah. And it's it, the plays themselves, the play within the play, are often very ham fisted. I was gonna say, it's, I, the, 
plays were terrible. They were I don't know why they like Snagglepuss's plays. Especially towards the end. Yeah, they get really cheesy. Oh. I'm almost okay with it. I, oh, I loved oh, it. Oh, sure. Yeah. I loved it. I, I think it was fine. I think it would have been like, uh, w- to me personally, Watchmen-esque if yeah. the play within the play was like also rivet. If I was like, I want to be in a world where this play exists. I don't think I, I would have been able to handle that from a Hanna-Barbera DC book. You don't, you, don't wanna, you don't want to be reading the Black Raft or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't want to go insane doing this. So I was glad that it was just like, okay, I get the broad strokes that he is a you know, an over-the-top theatrical person who has these plays where people are constantly ripping off their clothes and falling on their knees. <laughs> Screaming. Yeah. yeah, so that's fine. It was good with that. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, there, are there any other, like, plout moments? I mean, the I don't want to keep hogging it, but then the other one I really want to talk about is the role of government when there is no entertainment. Oh, my God. That line at the end was yeah. amazing with that. Yeah. The, the fact that we need uh, entertainment. Yeah. Humans are by, by nature um, fawning. Yes. We, we worship things. We want to celebrate things. If we don't have uh, stars to celebrate uh, or degenerates and these people who create art for no reason. Yeah. Then if we don't have these people to hold up and put on a pedestal and idolize them, then government is going to come in and, and fill that void. Yeah. And that becomes dangerous. And to, that's his testimony, uh, his final testimony to the... Um, to the HUAC. Yeah, and that's what gets him blacklisted for yeah. forever, effectively, for at least incredible writing though. It is. And art and, and layout. The narration, the way we got to the point where Snagglepuss was lecturing us, when he first speaks to the committee, he's being like snarky. Yeah. Right? And it's funny, it's cute, but it's not like it's not message hammer. Mm-hmm. By the time this book ends, you get the message. You feel, you realize you've been kind of taught that lesson message the entire run of the book, of the last few issues, and like it feels natural that he would be saying this. And underlying all this, you see panels of the way the war is or the Cold War is going in the Soviet Union. You see what's going on in uh, Cuba, Cuba with the revolution, and it's like this is amazing, bullet by bullet. This is doing it again. I don't want to spoil too much, but it does come down to the end. After the trial, after the hearings, five years later, when he's pretty much on his luck, yeah, and he goes back to the bar and meets the bartender earlier on in the book, and he's, you know, and they're having that conversation about where things about where things were at, and like how he blew it in the hearings. He's like, no, you didn't. You're like, you may we may not have won, you but we set a win. seed. Yeah, yeah, you don't fight the win, but but you set the seed, and things are going to change. And I'm like. This is amazing. This really <laughs> yeah. blew my mind. Like we, don't, what was it? we don't fight to win. We fight to show that it can be, that you can fight. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, and just all these powerful, messages. beautiful little ways of twisting. I, I had a feeling while he was going in there in the old age home talking to this guy. I'm like, I know what's coming, but I yeah. just when it hit, I'd still hit like a ton I of bricks. Thought it, and then I'm like, no, I know, and I put it aside. And when I re- finished reading it, today, I'm like. Really? It was? Yeah, it was amazing. And the fact that this whole thing... Again, without spoiling. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, we're not going to flat out explain every little bit. We are already on, like, a half hour of just gushing over this. Yeah. Oh, God. Arguments. Uh, 
I, I do want to talk about how eventually it lands on uh, on Hanna Barbera. But um, does anybody have anything else to bring up before we wrap up the, the that part of the book? Any any bullets? I'll let you go through your bullet list because I want to make sure that we all have our chance to speak about everything we want to. Another thing I had thought assumed going into this was that its relationship to whatever Hanna Barbera is would not be acknowledged. Like the fact that these okay, are cartoons. Yeah. It would it would just be like no we're rebooting these cartoons that's it yeah th- this is a story yeah exactly this is not a story in a world where the cartoons exist so as the fallout from the blacklisting uh, came to fruition at the end of this book we find that this was a means to uh, uh, the uh, one way to stay employed during this period was to end up going on television as a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with quick draw and 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 uh, and uh, Huckleberry Hound Jr. and a few other people getting together and actually putting this thing, making this into a thing, an actual yeah. cartoon show. It created a sense of narrative uniformity, uh, a, a world building that didn't need to happen. I don't like. I could see this almost aggravating a few people <laughs> but i thought it was brilliant oh yeah um and actually on a historical note i don't know if you're aware of this but uh snagglepuss did in fact originally debut of course on the quick draw mcgraw show mm. and in his first appearances he was actually referred to as snaggletooth and was orange rather than pink. I did not know that. I actually tried to figure that one out. I didn't understand where that they were going yeah. with that. But wow. I was like, I, I, I had a feeling. I didn't know that until I looked it up. Mm. But yeah, that wow. they just played that out completely. And then the, the Huckleberry Hound thing I thought was weird. I still don't know how I feel about that. But I can't think of a better way to do it. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it was well-developed. Um Overall, I think it was worth it. It's like how Marvel got a new Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah, that, that's basic. That, that does feel a little similar to. Uh, I honestly, I could like I could pull out any any little story from this and wow, say sure. this is how this is amazing. I my one critique, and I don't even know how much of a critique this is, is often I would find the art that I would think the painted covers mm. in most of the issues had a better version of Snagglepuss than the ones that appeared in the issue. And I, that's Even then, I'm a little hesitant about saying uh, better yeah. is weird. Maybe more like a panther, I guess. Agreed. It, it, which it looked I'm, more, I don't want to say realistic, but yeah. informed by real life. Maybe, maybe I'm not even quite sure what, even saying this, I'm not sure, because Snagglepuss is supposed to be a lion, isn't he? Yeah. I think he is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, because he does look a little bit more like cartoon Snagglepuss in the book. The way their mouths form, the, mm. the cartoon animals' mouths form, was very u- ugly. Uh, <laughs> I, I, but again, it's... I think that... It was almost intentional because of the, the the attempt at realism in this. Yeah, I actually really liked Mike Feehan's pencils mm-hmm. on this. Um, I, I thought that they were crisp, clean... And were very, very suitable for delivering a narrative. 
my only concern is is certain likenesses at points because we actually get other celebrities in there like uh. DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe and I don't know if it was a likeness problem where they couldn't make Marilyn look like Marilyn or if that mm. was just the artistic choice but that kind of threw me off a little. I think there were some likeness issues in the uh, in this because there was at one point there was one frame one issue that's framed with uh, Huckleberry and Snagglepuss appearing on the Mo Franklin show. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about Broadway, you know that Joe Franklin was right. That was Joe Franklin, mm. and Joe Franklin was like the commentator on the theater scene. Uh, he he had the show. It's odd that they needed to change that. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. There, there must have been some. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. likeness rights came into play several times in this. Mm. And I don't believe at any point do they explicitly say who Clint is. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Although the, the walk, you, you will get it. Yeah, the, uh, the fact that the Monroe instructions he got at the end was, I'm like, oh, my goodness, he does have Monroe's voice. Yeah. Uh, I love DiMaggio and Monroe and, and oh, that was great. Arthur, Arthur Miller. Miller. That, yeah. that arc was just amazing in this. And when I say arcs, it's only a few issues long, but like yeah. it makes great use of the real estate it has to tell these stories in succinct but interesting ways. It's Mark Russell little did stories it. going on. Yes, Mark Russell knocked it out of the park. I mean, this is amazing. I, like, it, there's almost no reason to rank this book because of the way we're, we're talking about it, it's clear. And uh, Peter and I got to talk briefly about another line that popped up in, in, in the book um, that's pertinent not just today, but decades leading up from the 50s through today. Mm-hmm. It was just a, a line with where, Khrushchev. where Khrushchev is uh, discussing his uh, nuclear plans. Well, and but explaining like yeah about how uh, America uh, America is run officials. by casino. Yeah. Oh my god. Every four years they roll the dice uh, on a new president. Sooner or later they'll elect some popular amateur. It, yeah. There's it, it is. And then we press our advantage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can look at it as today. Without naming names. Yeah. You can go back to the 80s and talk about Reagan. Oh, now we're willing to name names? Well, you know, it's, you know. Uh, He's dead. It's okay. Hey, all I've got to say is my heart is a kennel of thieves, guys. My heart is a kennel (laughs) of thieves. I would actually like to see this play. I take it back. I want to to see this. I I don't. I do. I want to see Pete direct this play. (laughs) I do want to see this. No, you don't. You you do not want to see me direct this play because I will will ruin this the way I directed scenes from Hedda Gabler. (laughs) That's going to be a Patreon exclusive. So uh, let's do it, folks. Let's let us talk. Oh, my goodness. This book. Oh did, my God! Did, we ha- did anybody have Pablo? Wanna... I'm sorry, I just yeah. screamed yeah. out Pablo, Pablo into the mic way too loud. Yeah. No, let let's say, is there a uh, a one moment, just as a single moment that you can pick out that you really enjoyed? I can remember by this third or fourth issue when we saw Khrushchev, uh, Khrushchev in Russia saying, and me going, "Where is this book going?" <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, it, this is a hard book to sell on a few panels or a page. Um, it's not exactly like, what you asked, let me tell but what, you, I, yeah. I, I, what I did enjoy is the guy at, at all the parties who is advertising his magazine, the Partisan. or the, uh, the Partisan? Uh, the Partisan and the Par- Parisian. Parisian. Is, as oh, it yeah. eventually rebrands. <laughs> and, and the reaction on everyone's face as he's talking to them at the parties, which is 
complete boredom and disdain. I didn't I didn't get a chance to look this up, but I think that's an actual person. I'm certain <laughs> I would not be surprised, I should say. I, I, I would have to say I think my favorite part of the book is Snagglepuss realizing how to balance his home life. Yeah, that was that cute. moment at the at the dinner table. Yep. Yeah, that was very that was and nice. and every moment that him and Huckleberry Hound were actually able to talk together. Yeah, that as, was as, sweet. As, as friends, I think that was my my favorite part. I actually had a couple little moments that that really stuck out for me. I loved um, Squiddly Diddly. Yes, <laughs> when I mean he, the character is one of the great char- comic relief standouts in the book. Yeah, uh, but. After he's hired as the stage manager, and you see just a shot of him in the background doing 20 different things with his tentacles, yeah. and I was like, that is exactly what you'd need from a stage manager. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, when Quickdraw and, uh, and Huckleberry are uh, spending some time together, and Huckleberry sees uh, the photos on his mantle... And he says, I come from a long line of police horses. Yes, that was very <laughs> the, wonderful. The ridiculous caricatures of a horse in, basically him, in different eras of police uniform yeah. just really hit a, hit a great note for me for some reason. Yeah, I, I really did. These are all great. Uh, one single panel, though, that sticks out to me, I think, would be... When uh, Snagglepuss is on the phone after agreeing to help Marilyn and Arthur Miller uh, pull one over on DiMaggio. Oh, yeah. And he's like, don't ever ask me to do that again. And I'm like, I have had that conversation with people. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, one drawback, another weird one. And I don't know. I don't even know. I can't really blame this in the book. This might be my brain. And I'm, I'm curious about what you two, you two gents think. Uh, I, I, I tried... But I rarely ever read in Snagglepuss's voice. I tried, and periodically I kind of could. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was rough. Yeah, it was rough. yeah. No, it Huckleberry wasn't. Hound on the other. Yeah, rest. Huckleberry Hound came the... in every once in a while. I I never really got Huckleberry actually, mm. but Snagglepuss I found myself reading in a voice that I can say was the equivalent of. Seeing old snag, like cartoon Snagglepuss transformed mm-hmm. into visually into uh, the 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 version we got in this book, mm. I would say it tran- the the voice was transformed in the same way in my head, like a less cartoony version. Yeah, it's like scene. a less cartoony version of that. For some reason, periodically at times, I read him almost hearing Kelsey Grammer as Fraser in my, oh, my head. Oh, wow. Okay, this is very interesting. This <laughs> well, is all, a bit of that. This is everybody's like projecting their own Snagglepuss voice into this. Because I heard Ricardo whole... Montalban. What? <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, why do I keep thinking? Did I just forget what Snagglepuss sounded like? Did I think Ricardo Montalban was the voice of Snagglepuss? With, with the amount of theater and the praise for theater and the respect for theater, all I could think about was Fraser. Fraser makes sense. Yeah. I don't know why Ricardo Montalban. Maybe when I see a person a boa i'm like (laughs) doesn't make any sense to me but that's what i thought um i want to i almost want to try let's say let's save this for the end we'll we'll use this as a patreon exclusive oh we're gonna i'm gonna try i'm I'm going at least you guys can too i'm i'm going to try and do 
the uh, the snaggle puss voice that I hear in my head. Okay, okay. that's fine. Let's try that. Uh, so yeah, I guess it's time for it. Let's rank this book. What are we gonna give it? I have a feeling we might have a unanimous episode, but I have to go mint completely all the way. Frank, mint. I I, I gotta. I'm sorry. Oh, it's not gonna be unanimous. Ah, uh. because I just. Mint is not enough. Oh. There needs to be something higher than mint, Full and that's mint. what I give. Wow. I, ha- I have to say, it might be one of the best books I've read over the last decade. It is fantastic. I cannot recommend it enough. Pete, you, you almost buried the lead on this one. You were telling us, <laughs> yeah, we should probably read this, but you weren't like, dude, stop everything. You didn't knock coffee out of our hands <laughs> and say, read this book. Oh, man, that's what I would have done. See, I... You know what? I didn't want to force you. Yeah, no, that's appropriate. It's appropriate. I, uh, thank you, actually. You're welcome. Definitely, thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I had a chance to read this one. I can only hope that our listeners uh, agree and actually take us up on the advice and pick it up. And the Suicide Squad slash Banana Splits special number one that <laughs> contained the original <laughs> short backup story that led to this. Holy which is in the, the, the uh, trade. It uh, is what starts off the trade. Oh, is that? Okay. Which is interesting because one of my favorite artists did that story. It's, oh, really? It's Howard Porter, who uh, did uh, Justice League back in the late 90s when they relaunched oh, it. Nice. That guy's artwork is incredible and would not have guessed in a million years that that was his artwork. It was so different. Wow, great. Well, I hope you picked up the book, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, why don't you let us know? Leave a comment and a rank and a review and that whole thing. It helps other people find this podcast that really did you so well by recommending this book. So thank you all for listening. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.